Star Bankley. I'm the co-host of Rockets Fuel Podcast. And in today's Rockets Fuel Podcast, we're joined by Craig Ackerman, of course, the voice of the Houston Rockets. He joins us to talk Rockets Summer League, Rockets offseason moves, and expectations coming up for next season. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure that you are liking us and hitting that notification. And hopefully you enjoy the show. Got to get it in. Dustin Smith. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! We are here to fuel your Rockets news. This is the Rockets Field Podcast. Of course, I'm your co-host, LaShar Binkley. You can always find me on Twitter at Binkley Hoops. And you can find my written work over at SB Nation or The Dream Shake. And, of course, you see we have a very special guest. But before we introduce him, I want to give my co-host a chance to introduce himself. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Vader. You can find me at Vader underscore H-Town on Instagram and also Twitter. And uh, man of the hour, Mr. Craig Ackerman. <laughs> hey, fellas. How you doing? We're doing well, and we just want to get right into it. Of course, you are the longtime voice of the Houston Rockets and the voice of our intro, as you uh, just heard. Appreciate Um, that. Thank you, Hat Tip. Yes, and we appreciate you coming back on. We've had you on before, and we talked a lot about your career the first time we had you on. But I I want to ask you, kind of just kicking it off, starting off with, could you just let the fans know? Because a lot of people don't know. You've been in, uh, in the Rockets organization for a long time. Long time. Um, a lot longer than most people know. Can you just talk a little bit about that, you know, before we get into, like, the summer league play in the offseason? Yeah, I, I, you know, if I do this, you know, I date myself. But, yeah, I, I, uh, I started as an intern um, when I was 20 in 1994. Obviously, that was a good year because it was the second of those back-to-back <laughs> championships. So it was a pretty awesome introduction to everything, um, served as an intern until I finished up school and graduated in 97. Um, started uh, working with the Rockets um, in, uh, full-time in the fall of 97 in the broadcast department and also produced our games on the radio. Um, did games at, at U of H and Rice um, along the way, the Comets, uh, the the Texas Terror slash Thunder Bears, the Arena Football League team as oh, time man. went on. Uh, and then became sort of full-time Rockets broadcast guy in 2003, did pre-half and post-game shows on the radio. And then in 2008, Gene and Jim retired. Um, I was uh, promoted into uh, full-time radio play-by-play then. And then, what, seven, eight years ago, uh, Bill Worrell um, decided to cut back on his travel schedule. So I started splitting uh, TV duties. And then uh, a couple of seasons ago, when when Bill ultimately retired, I moved into TV full-time. So here I am. I, I think this will be what season twenty nine or season thirty for me, something like that, with the Rockets coming up. So there you go. In a nutshell, that's uh, that's been my uh, my long run with Houston uh, with the Houston Rockets. And and I, I think I communicated this to you at the draft party when I bumped into you. But uh, I remember like when Gene Peterson retired, and I and I remember thinking like nobody is going to be able to replace that man because he is such a legend. Like you, you know, he has some of like the most historic uh, calls over the over the airways. Uh, if you're if you are from Houston, you know what I'm talking about. But like, I just want to tell you, man, like you came in and it's hard to replace a legend. And I feel like you you did so seamlessly. You brought like a um, you brought like a an, an energy to the to the airwaves where, you know, like it gets kind of tedious sometimes. I don't know um, how, how often people these days even listen to stuff on the radio anymore. But it, it was it's kind of hard to listen to like uh, on air radio broadcast. Sometimes it's, it's not always very interesting. But you kept it exciting. You always had something witty to say, something funny to say. Uh, and then when you moved into the uh, the TV arena, it was just like it was very seamless. So I just want to say thank you uh, for like um, 
just uh, being you and just bringing that energy to the Houston Rockets. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It means a lot. You know, there's a saying in this business that you don't want to be the guy who replaces a legend. You want to be the guy who replaced the guy <laughs> who replaced the legend because a lot of times a lot of people uh, don't ultimately yeah. ever accept the one who steps yeah. uh, steps in after somebody who's been with the organization beloved for as long as both Gene, Jim, uh, and Bill have been. Uh, but I've been very fortunate um, to be given those opportunities. And, and thank you very much. I like to think that on some level, I've 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 made something of it, um, and uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's been an honor to be in this position. There's not a day that goes by um, that I that I take this 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 job for granted, and and what it means, and where I ultimately started to where I am now. Uh, frankly, it still seems so very surreal. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And you're just talking about how you've been doing it for uh, such a long time. And I mean, just past three seasons, I mean, you've been through some years, you know, and we have as Rockets fans where they were rebuilding, you know, you know, right after Akeem left, uh, went to Toronto, you know, the rebuilding years then. And then after Yao and Tracy uh, left, they started rebuilding again. Um, but these last three years, I'm um, kind of just leading into this offseason. Um, how has it been for you these last three years? Because I mean, you know, as fans, sometimes, you know, they can tune out and not have to pay attention to the game or a game they don't want to watch. But, I mean, this is your job. This is something you have to do day in and day out, travel with the team. I mean, how has it been for these last three years? And how much of a difference do you think it's going to be this season now that the focus has kind of been shifted to winning and not rebuilding? Well, uh, look, obviously the last three seasons have th – this has been one of the winningest franchises in the league for a quarter century up until the last – um, three seasons. So from that perspective, um, it has it has been different. Um, it has been uh, a bit of a different challenge um, as well. But look, I personally have no control over how the team plays, yeah. what decisions are made, what decisions aren't made, um, how many games they win, how many games they don't win. Um, my role is to, um, I think, inform and entertain the best I possibly uh, can uh, with the product that I have to deal with. Obviously, winning makes everybody's job and life easier, myself included, um, especially, you know, ownership, uh, front office, coaches, players. Winning makes everybody, everybody enjoys winning more um, than losing. But quite honestly, even though the last three years, the Rockets have had the worst record in the league over that three-year span, um, I'm still, frankly, I've still had a blast. Um, yeah. I get paid uh, to call hoops. Um, yeah. And so there are very few people um, in, in the entire world who have this opportunity. So, again, I, I, I look at it under the perspective of it, I have no control over um, how the team performs. So my job is to do the best I possibly can. I try to be as honest um, as I possibly can with what I, I, I think – what I see, pretty much everybody else sees. Um, I try to uh, – I, I never get personal. And so in these down years, I, I don't get personal, but I think I have to be factual. So if the team is not playing well, they're not shooting well, or certain things aren't going well, I think I have an obligation um, sort of point um, those things out. But even though it has not been um, as, as easy as it previously has been over these last three years because they haven't won many games, um, I still love what I do. Um, I still get really excited and hyped up to do every single game because to me, every single game is, a, is, a, is just different, right? I mean, it's, and that's what's so unique about this job, which I've always considered the next best thing to actually playing a sport. 
Um, and so, um, no, I, I still love what I do. Uh, I am very much looking forward, though, I will admit, to this team turning the corner, which they will yeah. obviously be significantly better um, this upcoming season. How much so, I guess we'll soon um, all find out. I guess that's primarily in my opinion, and I think the opinion of many people contingent upon how much of a step forward all these young guys can make um, this next season. But no, whether they win 20 games or they win um, 60 games, um, I still get up and prepare and enjoy my job as much as ever. But yes, ultimately winning makes everybody's life easier. Yeah, I'm yeah, pretty I mean, sure like uh, some of your like most iconic calls so far. I mean, like you said, we've been a winning franchise for probably like the the, the duration of the time that you've been with the team until yep. recently. But there was, um, there was a couple of down years, I guess. There was the the Steve that you mentioned the transition years after uh, Hakeem left, and then yeah. the the Steve Francis season where he had Meniere's disease, and 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 but even then, they I think that season I still think they won like. Was it twenty eight games or something? Yeah, off the top still on twenty eight games. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and and well, they ended up winning the lottery, and so things quickly sort of the 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 feeling around the organization quickly changed uh, thereafter. And then you mentioned the the transition season seasons, the three seasons after uh, Yao and T Mac ultimately could never get on the floor um, with one another, which I think was um, you know one of the great disappointments. Um, in in recent franchise history, is that they had two guys that I thought when they put them together it was like, oh my god, the Rockets have the new Kobe and Shaq combo, uh, but ultimately they never just could share the floor because they never were healthy together. Um, even even those seasons, the Rockets finished right outside of the lot. I mean, right right outside of the playoffs each and yeah. every season. I think the Rockets had it was like the best three year run in NBA history without making the playoffs. And so even those three seasons compared to these three seasons. Um, we're, 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 we're vastly different, but, uh, no, I still love my job. It's still a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, you know, it, again, it's, 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 it's my job to try to do the best that I possibly can with the product that I have to work with. And, uh, that's what I try to do. Hey, Craig, <clears throat> speaking of the, uh, T-Mac and Yao years, when T-Mac got hurt, uh, I know you remember, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take us down a trip. You remember who replaced him in, in the lineup for a lot of those games? My guy, Von Wafer. Von Wafer, <laughs> your guy. Yeah, yeah. Not a cracker, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I feel like that was one of the things that kind of put you on the map. It's not a, what was it? It's not a cookie. Uh, it's yeah, it's not, not a, a cookie. It's not a cracker. He's Von Wafer. You know, I actually <laughs> used that in the preseason uh, on, on radio because, um, frankly, I was unsure. It was the last preseason game in Memphis, and I was, and he had a really big game against the Grizzlies. Ultimately, that's what made him make the team was how well he played in that last preseason game um, up in Memphis. But I figured I'd use it then because the I didn't think – I really didn't think he was going to make the roster. Um, ultimately, he did. And then for for about a six-week stretch there, um, there was the Team Act drama. There was the Ron Artest drama that was kind of going on um, simultaneously. Uh, he just kind of – Kind of came out of nowhere, um, and uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and just kind of swinging back to this offseason, you were talking about, you know, how the product on the floor is going to be a lot better. What's kind of been your overall thoughts on the Rockets offseason so far? I mean, of course, they had targets that they ha they were, you know, had at the top of their list going into the offseason as far as free agency and, of course, as far as a head coach. What's kind of been your overall feel of the offseason so far? Because so far, it seemed like it's been a, a huge success, especially when you factor in summer league as well. 
Well, I mean, you got to start with the coaching hire, uh, right? I mean, Ime Udoka, if he wasn't the most at the t- if he wasn't the most coveted coach uh, on the market, he was on the extreme short list, and the Rockets were able to get that done rather quickly. Um, and I think it's pretty obvious at this point, even though he hasn't even coached technically coached a single game for the Rockets yet because Ben Sullivan's been doing it all, that there is uh it's pretty obvious there's a new sheriff in town. Um, and um, I, I think that that sort of um, uh, has, has sort of jumped out with the way that the Rockets uh, summer league team um, has performed, but we'll start there. I mean, the Rockets, uh, that's who they, obviously that's who they were, they were looking at and wanted and got it done quickly. And so locked up, Again, if he wasn't the most coveted coach on the market, he was on the extreme short list. And so they got their guy. And so I think from that perspective, um, A+. Plus. Um, and then ultimately, um, you move into the draft. Um, he was frustrating and disappointing. Um, not necessarily to not get the top overall pick, because let's, let's be honest, the Rockets only had a 14% chance of that happening. And I know everybody here – obviously wanted the number one overall pick, right? I mean, I don't think there was a single uh, <laughs> – I don't think there was a single basketball fan of any organization in the league who wasn't hoping that they would have a chance to draft Victor Webanyama, right? And so um, – but relatively speaking, the odds were low, but what was frustrating and disappointing about it was that the Spurs, the, the team in your – another team in your own division ended up landing the guy, but some of the Rockets ultimately picked fourth. Um, I think a lot of Rockets fans ultimately had hoped that they were they were that they were slotted even higher than that. But at least from our opening impressions, Amen Thompson is going to be um, really good. Um, that was albeit only one summer league game, but that was a very impressive uh, stint for him in that opening summer league game before he went down with the injury. Um, and then Cam Whitmore, just a stroke of luck, right? I mean, just fell into their laps. Um, at 20, we heard a couple of years ago, and we know for, for a fact that the Rockets really liked Shingun, Alperin Shingun, and tried to trade up for him multiple times, much higher in the lottery, and ultimately made a move and got him where they did, but they want they 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 projected him, they wanted him, they didn't think he was ever even going to last that long. And obviously they tried to make a move for Cam Whitmore, who was mocked to the Rockets in a ton of early mock drafts, right? And then he just falls in their lap at 20. So the draft was, I think, a roaring uh, success as well. And so everything is going very nicely here so far in the offseason. Then you, and then you hit, a free, uh, hit free agency, and obviously the Rockets um, had their top targets, and it appears as if they were able to secure two of their three guys that they you know, ultimately wanted amongst their, their top three targets, the, the lone one who – who um, apparently got away was was Brooke Lopez, yeah. um, but I think um, Fred Van Fleet is something is a player that the Rockets uh, need. Um, he's a winner. He's a professional. He's extremely well respected. Um, he's a guy who literally, and you hear the term grind a lot, but this dude literally had to grind his way to where he currently is earned everything he's gotten in this league. And again, is extremely well-respected. Um, got the floor general that they were looking for. Um, this team has not been very good defensively the last three years whatsoever. Um, Dylan Brooks certainly has um, some holes in his game, which I'm sure I imagine at some point we'll probably uh, discuss. But he is, without a doubt, um, 
a defensive player of the year, has defensive player of the year credentials. Uh, so he fills a, a need uh, for the Rockets in that regard. And then, again, ultimately from what we've seen with the Rockets Summer League, um, Jabari, who finished up his rookie season very well, just carry that over into the summer league in his two games and was just dominant. I'm a huge fan of Tari Eason. Um, I thought he was the Rockets' third best player last year. He had a tremendous brief run in summer league, and so that's a lot to get excited about. Again, we talked about Amen Thompson. Uh, Cam Whitmore had a really good game the other night as well. Um, and a lot of other guys, frankly, um, have stepped up in the summer league too. So I think, yes, there, there is a lot. There's a lot to be excited about coming into the season. Yeah, and also I just wanted to ask you about sort of about the draft because, of course, you've been around basketball a long time. Can you just talk to how difficult it is to continue to hit on those mid-round, mid-first-round picks that Rafael Stone has hit on the last uh, few years? I mean, you just talked about Tara Eason. You talked about Apple and Shingun. You talked about, uh, I mean, Cam Whitmore, even though that kind of did fall in their lap, but the only reason they had that pick was because of the trade they made the previous year. And with the Eric Gordon trade, can you just talk about how difficult that is? I mean, it's hard enough to get, you know, hit on picks at the top of the draft when you really don't have a lot of other options. You kind of know who you want to go with. But how hard is it to continue to hit on these type of players uh, mid-first round? It's extremely difficult because the further you get down the first round, the odds of players being rotation players, let alone significant contributors to your roster, significantly dis, uh, decrease historically speaking obviously there are exceptions mm -hmm. to every rule I mean first and foremost Giannis um Dirk right uh even Clint Capella right he's a guy who's drafted yeah. in the 20s he's had a fantastic career but historically speaking the odds of that happening decrease with each draft slot as you work your way through um, the first round and ultimately into the second round. And, and so the fact that you've gotten players who have, um, who have, who look like they can be really good players for a very long time, and especially in the mid lottery, historically speaking, the odds are very low of that happening. And look, to ultimately win a championship, you have to hit at the top of the draft, historically speaking, you have to hit at the top of the draft. Um, but I think to have a sustained level of excellence, um, you have to find some diamonds in the rough as you move forward. And I think the Rockets have been able to do that. So yeah, it's been it's it's been it's been very tough. I think the Rockets have look Cam Whitmore. They tried to trade up for him, yeah. weren't able to to you know it takes another it takes two to tango. Ultimately, it never happened. And sometimes you do need just a stroke of luck. And I think that was a stroke of luck there in regards to Shingun, as as we've talked about. Um, they tried to trade up. Uh, they actually made some moves to to grab him, um, and then you know uh, Tari Eason was a guy who was mocked right around that area, and they were able to gain, uh, you know um, get him as well. So yeah, there's a little bit of skill, there's a little bit of luck, but yeah, when you find players like that mid lottery or mid first round and later on, um, that tends to to give your 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 franchise a, a pretty good foundation for 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 your future. Yeah, Craig, I love what you were saying about the uh, the foundation of young guys, because I'm really excited about like Jalen Green and Amon Thompson and Jabari and Shingun, you know, all those guys. But the fact that they were also able to bring in uh, some some veteran talent to kind of supplement that is what I'm super excited about, because I feel like those young guys are 
you know, like you can't have a team with no veterans. And I know that's one of the things that we did. We did talk about before, you know, in order for, for these uh, super young players, these 19, 20, 21 year olds to, to reach their full potential potential, they need to see some guys on the team who, who've been there and done that guys who they respect, guys who can kind of show them the ropes, guys that can like get in their ear and let them know when they're not doing things the correct way. And uh, the, the addition of Fred Van Bleet, uh, like you see it already, like the the work that he's doing with Jalen Green, um, it seemed like we, we see something different on on social media daily with them working out. Um, I just think that leadership right there is, is actually going to um, accelerate his development. So, and then like, like you said, bringing in uh, Dylan Brooks, I know he has some, some flaws to his game, but I know one thing for sure is he's going to be able to like really help Jabari and help Tari with like defensive assignments and where to be and how to communicate. And so there, I think Stone had a, had a very good summer. I know some people were not excited about like uh, the, the trades uh, as far as like giving up the second round picks and the amount that they, that they, uh, Put on the contracts as far as like what they got paid for Van Bleed and, and Dylan Brooks, but I'm I'm of the uh, opinion that I'm I'm gonna wait to see how this plays out because I do value what he did and I I, I know that uh, as far as like what this team needed and what this team was so desperate desperately lacking, he added that and so yeah I'm, I'm very much looking forward to uh, this upcoming season. Yeah, I mean, like uh, uh, Jock Landale's uh, a solid player. Um, don't forget about Uncle Jeff coming back. Yes. Um, I think he, I think he's going to be a significant presence in the locker room. And then ultimately what all this does is that it raises the level of competition um, in practice, uh, in games. Um, it, it forces it forces these young guys to take a step forward. And let's be honest, there is yeah. there are still plenty of areas in which these young guys have to improve because this has been a 20-win team for three consecutive years. And so um, these guys have to get better. And I think it raises that level of competition uh, in practice, um, uh, gives them a sense of urgency that if they don't make strides and improve and contribute more um, to winning, then ultimately their playing time and roles um, will be reduced because there's somebody who is there uh, who's already sort of been there, done that. And frankly, I think, and again, the competition will hopefully continue to, to keep that same kind of pressure on the veterans as well. And ultimately, that's what this is about. And I mentioned earlier, I mean, look, how many games this this team ultimately wins this season? And they're going to win more games. I think that is an absolute given. But how many more games they ultimately win this season will be determined by whether or not like, this is this is the third year for Shingun and Green. This is a huge season for them. It's a pivotal season, as it is for the vast majority of young players. Again, there are always exceptions to the rule, but typically players pretty much become who they are for the rest of their careers by that third season. Um, and so uh, they have to take steps forward, A, because let's be honest, they have generational wealth sitting there uh, waiting for them if they ultimately um, do. And the organization needs them to take steps forward to ultimately continue to get better as the years um, progress. So yeah, I, I think that the, the, the mix uh, is, a, is a good mix. I think these young guys will be pushed. Hopefully these young guys will continue to push the veterans um, as well. It appears as if um, 
based on what we've seen so far, that um, there's not going to be much stock from Ime Yudilka and his coaching staff put into what guys are taking home in their paychecks. It's ultimately be going to be based on um, performance. And so hopefully everyone can can raise the level of play of, of each other. And with that, the whole the whole group can rise and this team can can improve and the young guys can play in some more high leverage situations to gain some more experience. And we find out ultimately who they are. And I loved uh, Jalen Green's uh, answer. Uh, he was on an interview during the summer league and they asked him, what did he think about those trades? Right. Um, and, and as you know, he lost those. He, he even said it. I lost some of my best friends, but I think that they'll have better opportunities where they're going. And he felt like the trades uh, and the guys that they brought in is actually going to help improve the team. So I feel like that's a maturity uh, from him that that I won't say that we haven't seen, but like he's he's getting older. He's going to have to like, you know, start taking this job uh, a little more seriously. And I, and I think that you're starting to see that. Like we didn't see a whole lot of uh, like the stuff that we're seeing from him this summer. Uh, we didn't see a whole lot of that the the first two off seasons. And now, like, you know, you know, he was really close with K.J. Martin. You would always see them together. Um, he was really close with Josh Christopher. You see them together quite frequently. So for him to have that maturity to look at those uh, trades and the fact that those guys are no longer on the team and still see that that's that's going to probably be good for like everybody involved. Like to me, that says a lot about where his mind is right now. Like this isn't. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's basketball. It's a, it's a sport, but this is also your job. And and part of your job is to uh, eventually compete for championships and, and win basketball games. And I'm just I was just very like happy to hear that that's that's what he was thinking. Yeah, no, I, I think he's got the right mindset because I said this is a big this is a really important season for him and the organization. I mean, this this is his third. This will be his third year in the league. And again, I think the vast majority of players are typically you kind of really know who they are by the time that third season has 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 come and gone. I mean, you look at a player like, you know, um, the the strides that John Morant took from, you know, his rookie season to his second season, then ultimately became who he is um, in his third season in the league. So this is this is a really important year for for Green and Shingun, I think in particular. Um, not quite as much as Jabari Smith, but I think we need to see more of a continuation from what we saw from him in the second half of last season, moving into his uh, second season in the league. Um, and again, I think that's just the the sort of the the level of competition. I, I mean, you know, will will I think it's going to ultimately, hopefully, raise the floor um, of everyone. And then again, depending on where these young guys, how much of a step forward, how much of a leap these guys can make, ultimately, I think will determine whether or not this is a team that can is is this a play in team? Can this team? sneak into the top eight because the West is really, 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 really tough. Um, uh, are they are they not going to be a pl uh, playing team? I think all of this ultimately hinges on the improvement of all the young players on this on this roster. And, and the veterans are there to help them get there. And so hopefully all of it will work out in that regard. Uh, I mean, talking about one of the veterans, I actually I want to talk a little bit more about uh, Dylan Brooks. And of course, we saw all the things that went down with him last season and with the Memphis Grizzlies and some of the antics sometimes that may have gotten in the way of his overall play. But do you ultimately think that he's one of those type of players where you love him on your team, like a Patrick Beverly, who we saw up close and personal here in Houston? Do you think the positives just outweigh the negatives when you kind of just break down his game overall? 
I think ultimately uh, Rockets fans will will accept him. Every, Rockets fans accepted Austin Rivers, right? Um, so, <laughs> sure. yeah. Jason Terry in. Uh, yeah, Jason, yeah, the longtime Mav um, for sure. Um, you know, uh, fans I think ultimately will accept that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they're gonna look. I think they're gonna ultimately accept uh, Dylan Brooks. Um, you know, hopefully, um, I think that no one questions his tenacity and the edge. In which he plays with, because I mean, you mentioned you mentioned Pat Beverly. There are other guys in the league who who need to play with. I mean, look, Russell Westbrook plays with a little bit of a uh, an an edge um, as well, and it, it kind of walks. These players sort of walk a fine line, right, between needing that to be who they ultimately are, and then if they tend to step over that, then things tend to they can they can get a little bit uh, hairy. Um, and we've, we've seen that with Pat. We've seen that with Russell Westbrook. Um, Dylan Brooks is the same way. I mean, that, that's what he has needed to achieve what he's been able to achieve professionally uh, when it comes um, to this sport. Um, I hope, I, I guess the big, one of the big criticisms with him is the amount of shots that he ultimately takes in his shot selection. And hopefully, uh, that will, will improve with this team. Um, I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think one of his biggest criticisms were he probably took, for a team that had a lot of guys um, who could score the ball, I think a lot of Grizzlies fans probably felt like he shot the ball too much with Memphis. And so hopefully some of that uh, can change here with this coaching staff and this group and this scheme and ultimately his his role. But his job here is to give this team a defensive mentality um, uh, and improve an area that has been rock bottom for three consecutive seasons. And I think his shot selection and his shot – Quantity aside, he absolutely will bring that element to this team, and that's something that this group desperately needed. And not to mention, Fred Van Fleet will also help in that regard. I know there's been a lot of criticism of Alperin Shingun and whether or not he ultimately can be a backstop that you can count on moving forward. And look, he needs to improve in that area. But I think another area that the Rockets were need drastic improvement on is point of attack defense. Um, and I think both Brooks and Van Fleet and Amen Thompson with his just raw ability and skills package, I think ultimately will, will help very much in that regard. And if the Rockets can defend better in terms of their point of attack defense, one would assume, right, that the rest of the defense would improve. They should, in theory, not turn the ball over as much this year with Van Fleet as they've had. They've been rock bottom in the league and that for pretty much for the last three years as well, which has led to a very porous transition defense. So hopefully all of the the, the strengths of these guys that they have brought in will help in, 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 in some of the significant weaknesses we've seen from this group over the last three seasons. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you about one other player before we, you know, get to the end of the show, a player that, in my opinion, has been probably, if not the best, top two player on the team in the last few years, even though, like you said, they've only been winning 20 games every year, but it's Kevin Porter Jr. Of course, his role is going to change this upcoming season. More than likely, he'll be coming off the bench. But don't do you think that ultimately that will help him in his overall efficiency and being a more – uh, being a player that doesn't have as much on his shoulders going forward, that he'll actually play a better brand of basketball coming off the bench as a six-man? First of all, I'll admit, I, I am I am in the camp of I don't really quite understand um, a lot of the, especially the personal criticism yeah. um, 
of Kevin, at least in my my personal dealings with him. He's a sweet kid. Um, and look, I, look, he's had some issues. There's no question about that. Um, but he's young. He's maturing. Um, and I think he's certainly improved in that area. And so I, all that, a lot of that, I just don't honestly quite um, understand. And I think if you asked a lot of people uh, who have been around him, they probably say very similar things that, um, that he's, um, he's, he, he's been very professional and very easy and pleasant to deal with. He's been, he's a nice guy. I like him. Um, and I think he's very, very talented. Um, he's obviously a tremendous catch and shoot three point shooter. He's put up <clears throat> some really good numbers since he's been in Houston. Uh, perhaps he's been miscast a little bit because he wasn't originally a point guard and it was something the Rockets, when they sent him down to the G League originally, that was what they wanted him to, to work on. And ultimately over the last three years, this was about, you know, again, developing young players and seeing seeing what, what they had. Um, and maybe if that's some a significant portion of that responsibility is now taken off his shoulders, then he can focus in on what really he uh, succeeds at. Uh, again, I, I think he's a he's a really talented guy. Um, I think he's sort of somebody who has been uh, forgotten a little bit. I think by most people in terms of where uh, this team is going to be um, moving forward. I know he's got a lot of supporters in the Rockets' front office, um, and um, yeah, I, I hope that ultimately they the coaching staff can can play more to his strengths in whatever new role. Um, he is going to have. I think I, most people suspect he's going to be uh, coming off off the bench. Um, and, you know, I think he has an opportunity, if that is indeed his role, to really cook against other teams' um, second units. Because if you look at what I think most people are projecting the Rockets' starting lineup to be, and you put that starting lineup up against, let's just um, talk about the West, the starting lines that they're going to end up facing in the West, um, you look at that and you're like, there's a lot of starting fives in the West at this point who are probably better than the Rockets starting five group. But I think that second unit has a chance to really, really be good this upcoming season with the players that they have. And um, and so uh, I, I think if Kevin indeed is in that role, I think he's going to thrive in it. I thought he was going to have a big year last year. He did. The Rockets, again, as you mentioned, they weren't great with him, but when he was out with the injury, they were significantly worse without him. He was the team's second best player last year. And in my opinion, Shingun was the best player on the roster. <clears throat> he was the, the second best. Tar Eason, in my opinion, was the third best player on the team last year. And when Kevin wasn't around, the team was not as good. And so I think he's a he's a guy who gets some some unfair criticism. And I'm looking forward to how he is able to um, work and hopefully thrive at his new role, especially under this new coaching staff. Craig, I loved everything you just said because I was just uh, talking about this a few days ago. I, I think that that, um, like, if we if we project the starters to be, and this is just projection, of course, we don't know, Fred Van Vliet, Jalen Green, um, Dylan Brooks, Jabari Smith, and, and Alperen Shangun, that bench unit is is has the potential to be very special. Really good. I, I think I, I think if, you, if you're coming off the bench with Kevin Porter Jr., Amon Thompson, Tari Eason and Jay Sean Tate, I think that that bench unit is going to give that starting unit a run for their money in practice every single day. In fact, I feel like that bench unit on, on some days are going to win because you got you have like Amon Thompson. And like you said, from what we've seen from him, just the intangibles he brings to the game, his his sheer athleticism, his his feel, 
Um, and then you put that, you pair that with Kevin Porter Jr., who, like you said, is an outstanding catch and shoot three point shooter, who also in his own right is, is a really good playmaker. Then you have the the hustle, the heart, the the grit of uh, Tari Eason and Jason Tate in that so unit as well. Oh my goodness! Yes, yeah, and, so you, and you you have the ability to play a little bit differently as well if you decide to play Landell at the five with that group. You have a little more <clears throat> of that vertical spacing, pick and roll type of game. Um, yeah, I, I really think the Rockets. I think where the Rock ultimately, as we sit right now, I think I think the Rockets' second unit has a chance to be amongst the best second units um, in the league. I, I think they're going to be really, really good because um, I think they have a lot of guys who do a lot of things that um, they're, <clears throat> they complement each other very well in terms of their, their roles and so forth. And I, and I think the, the Rockets' second unit has the potential to be outstanding this year. And it's a stark contrast to the and, – and no disrespect to those guys, and LaShar will tell you, like, I sat on this show many a times and I talked about how, how much of a fan of Josh Christopher I am and Usman Garuba um, – and some of the other guys that, that we were bringing off the bench, but like, I mean, this is a this is a huge improvement from a, from a Dacian Knicks, Josh Christopher, Usman Garuba uh, bench unit, and and I'm leaving out KJ because he did end up starting at the end of the year. But I yeah, will admit, I, losing KJ hurt me personally. I loved watching that yeah. guy play. Yeah, KJ was. Uh, yeah, KJ. Yeah. Like, you could see a difference when KJ started with that with that team. Like, they were just they were a completely different team. So yeah, he he's a he's a huge loss, and so I'm. I'm just wishing KJ the best wherever he, where, where with the Clippers. And then of course, um, I don't know, Ty Ty, I kind of feel like Ty Ty has something. I think he'll, he'll stick in the league. Um, I think he's with OKC right now. Yeah, they're, yeah they're, they ultimately were, were sent to Oklahoma City. I think what he played, he played, uh, he finally was able to play yesterday. Play last night, he, yeah. He, he only, had, he only gave yeah. like two shots last night and had like two assists. But yeah, I'm keeping up with those guys. I, I'm kind of invested to kind of see how their career goes, but. Uh, losing them, like you said, it, it hurt. But like I'm also seeing, like the potential uh, of this uh, this iteration of the Rockets is just way, way above what we saw last year. Yeah, no, no, they're they're going, they're absolutely going to be better. And again, how much so? I, I honestly, I can't sit here and tell you. I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, but they are going, they are going to be better. And I and and, and they're going to be better defensively. Um, they have a a a, a, a much more talented uh, top 10 or 11 than what we've seen in the last um, three seasons. Um, and uh, again, I think the, the win total is completely contingent on how much better are Jalen Green, Alperin Shingun, Tari Eason, Jabari Smith, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Ultimately, I think that will determine what this team's win total is and what this team's ceiling is going to be this upcoming season. Uh, because again, you look, you look at the <clears throat> you look at the Western Conference. Um, there's so many good teams. I mean, there's mm -hmm. so much depth and talent in the league now um, uh, that um, you know it, it, like Utah got off to a great start last year, and Markin yeah. was an All Star, and they still ultimately fell short. Um, of 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 the play-in, the Lakers had an awesome. Uh, I thought they had an awesome summer, um, and they're going to be really good as long as the Clippers are healthy. They're going to be outstanding. You get the defending champs. Um, I still, Golden State's not going anywhere, and as long as those guys are still breathing um, and playing. Um, so yeah, the West. The West, I mean, uh, you know, Memphis. It's not going to help their cause to not have uh, John Morant uh, early in the season because of suspension. But Memphis is is really really talented. 
Um, you know, Dallas is is very good. If Zion Williamson stays healthy, and I know that's a big if. I think New Orleans is really, really good too. So there are a lot of really good teams in the West. And so I don't I don't want to put a win total or anything like this, but I think ultimately the ceiling of this team will be determined by how much improved these young guys ultimately are this year. And, and that's what I'm most 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 looking forward to. As frankly, I've been the last three seasons because it's about it's been about okay, who are these guys? Um, yeah. and can they improve from day one to the end of the season? And I think that has absolutely been the case. These guys have gotten better, um, and can they take that next step forward? And uh, we'll see. And uh, just one more question before we wrap up the show. Of course, the Rockets will play in, in the semifinals tomorrow against Utah. Summer League um, juggernaut. Summer League juggernaut. Tell you something. Is that a, is that some of these <laughs> other guys, look, Tari and Jabari aren't playing anymore, but yeah. Nate, Nate Hinton has been really good. Yeah, um, Trevor Hudgens, yeah. Uh, Jermaine Samuels, uh, yeah. Matt Mayer. Um, yeah, Mayer, yeah. I mean, uh, Days, Days has played well. Trevor Hudgens yeah. is, a, is a bucket. Um, yeah, these guys uh, uh, these guys are good. I mean, these guys have been very – so I know the Rockets still have some roster spots available. Um, yeah. and, I, and these guys have certainly um, helped their cause with their play in the summer league. And how much do you think that, I mean, of course, you know, it, you know, it's summer league at the end of the day, but how much do you think this helps their overall confidence if they're able to go out and win a championship, especially a player like Cam Whitmore, who may spend some time in the G League just to get playing time, but eventually will be with the Rockets at some point and other players who may not even play with the Rockets, but they are auditioning for other teams throughout the NBA. How much do you think this will mean, you know, to be able to win a summer league champion? I mean, I think to those guys who are playing, especially the guys who are in the summer league for the first time, it it it, it will it will mean something to them. You know, you realize some of these guys, um, what they had a couple of these guys, right? Where they they were on the they've been with the Vipers, and the Vipers have yeah. been ridiculous again, as you well know, Lashar, the last couple of seasons winning a championship and then losing last year in the finals. So they they've tasted a lot of success. But I think what ultimately Summer League championships, I don't think, obviously, in the grand scheme of things, don't mean a whole lot. Just like winning all your preseason games don't necessarily yeah. uh, mean a lot. What you don't want is you don't want to have a lot of young guys that you're expecting to be parts of your future to flop in the Summer League. And none of that has happened. So that's that's positive. You don't want certainly you don't want those guys to look like they don't belong in the preseason e either. But I think what ultimately what they've already accomplished and whether or not they win this Summer League title or not I think a tone has been set. I think I kind of started with this at the top of the show. A tone has been set by this new coaching staff that this is sort of a new era. And as Rafaelis described, um, phase two of this, this process, that um, a tone has been set that things are going to be a little bit different around here moving forward. And I think ultimately if they do win – a summer league championship. I think that's that's something that 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 they can carry over into training camp, uh, in 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 the preseason. Quite honestly, even if they don't win the summer league title, if they end, if they lose tomorrow to Utah or they they win tomorrow and advance to the finals, <clears throat> the championship game and lose there, um, I think the tone. I think they've already accomplished what they wanted to accomplish with this group in the summer league, and I think it will it will. I think this group. I think the energy. Um, I know the vibe is kind of an overused phrase these days, and maybe I'm a little too old to continue to use it, but the vibes uh, will be good. <laughs> I think they already are. Uh, and so I think that will 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 set set the tone for a spirited training camp. And I think that's what this this group needs is to hit the ground running when things really count. And speaking of setting the tone, I think like you said, like even if they don't win it all, they've checked all the boxes. 
like Tari Eason came in last summer and he looked great last summer. And it was, it was very eye opening. It's like, okay, I think this guy is ready. And he kind of forced his way into the rotation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jabari did not look ready. Right. And this year, Jabari was like the best player in summer league. (laughs) Jabari averaged like 35 points per game, those first two games. And he just looked completely dominant. He was out there. His confidence seems to be so much higher now. Yeah. Like the stuff he was pulling off on the court is like, are are like things that I wasn't even expecting him to be able to do yet. And so, like you said, like, uh, Charisen box check, the Jabari Smith box has been checked. Uh, Cam Whitmore came in and he, he, um, he had some up and ups and downs, but like eight steals the last game. Yeah, like the he record. Had, yeah. He had eight steals, and then you know, like he's so physic, he's so physically gifted. He's going to be a good player. Yes. So, like, I think, like you said, the tone has been set uh, for for like when they go into training camp, and I think these guys are going to be riding a you know sky high confidence, and like that's that's what you wanted to get out of summer league. I think like whether or not they win the championship or not is it, kind of secondary. Hopefully, they do because uh, I'm sure that's what they want. But uh, I'm I'm super encouraged because we we saw some things from Jabari that we were not able to see last last summer <laughs> and then like uh, I, I've seen Cam Whitmore has improved like he you know and he even spoke about how he felt more comfortable you know he, he felt like the game is slowing down for him already and this is a guy who just turned he just turned 19 like a week yeah. ago. Yeah, he had another uh, – the Rockets don't have – what, that one, that one year they had five 19-year-olds on the team. I think he'll be the yeah. – yeah. looks like he'll be the lone guy who's going to be a, a teenager as, as, yeah. as all these uh, – uh, Jalen Green and Alperin Shingun, these guys are old men now at, yeah. uh, at 20. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. 2021. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, no, I, I think ultimately the, the goal from this, this, this new staff was to set a, a sort of a different tone, and I think that's what the offseason was ultimately all about in terms of – just generally speaking, with with the coaches, the veterans, the draft, you want to sort of raise the the floor of this team, and and hopefully as a collective group, they can all sort of improve and rise up and get better um, together. I don't think anybody is um, thinking that this team is going to win a championship this year uh, because they aren't. Um, but it's still it's about forward progress and taking step forward and taking taking steps forward. I think all of the pieces there are in place for this this team to take a, a big step forward this year. And I didn't even mention Amon Thompson either. Like I think he and his brother. I don't know if you've been watching. Oh, his brother's been really good. <laughs> but like they, they are yes. And so like I don't know if people know this, but they put up like eerily similar stats at OTE. Uh, even though they play the game like very differently, they put up almost identical stats as far as points, rebounds, steals, assists, like all of that stuff. And so like I've been keeping a, a very keen eye on on what Azar has been doing over there with the Pistons. And then after seeing like uh, how how great Amin looked his, his first game, you know, I think those those guys are like proven. I, I know one of the knocks on them coming into the draft was that they came from that OTE, um, you know, play play style and and that league and it wasn't a very good league but uh i guess when you're six seven and you have freakish athleticism and you have a seven foot wingspan and you can jump out the gym and you have you know high basketball iq i think uh i think they're gonna be fine (laughs) yeah those those two young men have been really impressive um really impressive look i i've admitted this before and i'll admit it again the one area where i i my one weakness when it comes to this sport is that I really have very little reference points when it comes to the draft. Um, I don't pay a whole lot of attention 
Um, I'm not, I mean, I'm not watching. I didn't watch a single second of OTE basketball. Um, I don't really watch these guys play, play overseas. I don't watch a ton of college basketball either because my focus is all on the Rockets and the NBA. And so I don't really watch a ton of it. So I don't have a ton. My, my base of knowledge when it comes to draft prospects are very low. So I tend to lean in on what I tend to read and guys like you uh, pay attention to and so forth. Um, but these two, these two have been very impressive. Have you guys uh, booked your uh, hotels in Detroit for June of 2026. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a possibility. You know, I have to look into that. <laughs> I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's still time to get a good hotel room, Bryce, in uh, in Detroit uh, three years, yeah. three summers from now. So, but no, yeah, I, I think uh, Sar's been really, really impressive. I mean, he's sort of a, a Swiss Army knife. Yeah. Um, you know, he's done everything well defensively, rebounding. Um, man, and they're. <clears throat> that's one reason why I told you I'm going to really, it's really going to hurt to not have KJ on this team because I love watching yeah. him play because he's just such a freak athlete. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching uh, Amen Thompson um, because he and his brother, those guys are freak athletes. So um, it, it should be a lot of fun watching those guys try to, to uh, punish the rim as much as KJ has attempted to do so over his three years in the league. So. Maybe we can get one more like iconic call out of you this year. Uh, like my before we let you go, but like my favorite one, I don't know, you'll you'll remember it probably right away when James Harden had Wesley Johnson isolated and he, and he <laughs> up on <all> <laughs> Yeah, you know that I, I, I know. yeah that, that was actually a little bit of a mistake uh, on my behalf. Uh, have I told you guys this story? No, I know I you did tell story. us last time, but definitely okay. I, I, yeah, not, not to bore yeah. everybody because we're like fifty minutes into this thing, but. Um, uh, <laughs> Briefly, uh, that was the season. Obviously, the Rockets were killing everybody. It was the year Chris Paul got off to the was a twenty-eight and four start. They were just rolling through teams, and Chris was just you know they would they they would they would set those high screens and get Chris matched up on teams opposing centers, and he was just destroying them. Like it was like not even fair. And there was a, I think it was the there was a game or two before where we were in Utah, and they. He got Paul Chris Paul got switched up on Rudy Gobert and just, I mean, I, and you know what? <clears throat> I'm a big Gobert fan. I really am. I know there are a lot of people that be, have been down on him since he was traded to Minnesota, but I am a huge um, Gobert fan. Um, I, I do think he's he's a guy who absolutely positively contributes to winning. And I know uh, Ryan Hollins and I have had our uh, our uh, disputes, and you guys may disagree with me as well about when Rudy and Donovan Mitchell with Utah, who was the best player for the Utah Jazz, and and I say Rudy, and and Ryan says Donovan, and I guess we can have this argument uh, another time. So, but he just absolutely cooked Gobert, and so I I can't remember at the time I I, I realized that I was like I got into a little bit of a rut, you know, um, describing things a certain way, and I was like you know I got to change things up a little bit, and so um, I, when that play happened in L.A. with Harden, I just kind of sometimes you get kind of caught up in the moment um like honestly last year when shingun had that big dunk that wasn't in san antonio uh -huh. i gotta be honest i screwed that call up uh i still think about it i was so upset with myself when it happened because i just got too caught up in the moment and got way too excited and had i gotta realize i gotta kind of keep the the volume the level of my voice down a little bit and <laughs> i kind of got caught up on that a little bit uh it should have been aisle 13 as opposed to three because i was thinking uh, it was paul and so i know a lot of people enjoyed that <laughs> me personally yeah. i wish i kind of had that back a little bit but you know what sometimes you do get kind of get caught up in the moment um 
you're still a fan of the sport and uh and sometimes that 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 happens and uh but no but thank you i appreciate it <laughs> man i would have never i would i it did not seem like a mistake to me i would have never known that until you until you said that to me that was like your most iconic call of all time <laughs> uh, you know you'd be, like, you, you'd be surprised how much like i am my worst i am my worst critic there's no question about it obviously when you when you have a job like this, um, you know, they're going to be people who love you. They're going to be people who hate you. You just sort of have to um, yeah. expect that and, and deal with it. I don't get a ton of hate, uh, but the times that, that I do, it, you know, okay. You know, everybody has a right to their own opinion, uh, but no one, trust me, no one is as much of a critic of me than I am. Um, like <clears throat> it's hard to describe, but like when you're, when you're, it's like, you know, it's like all of us played sports on some level at some point, right? So, you know, when you had a really good game, you know that feeling and you know that when you're, there's a certain like rhythm that you get into and sometimes you just don't have much of a rhythm. And there are some games where I'm like, oh man, I was just absolutely terrible. And it just yeah. really, really, really bothers me uh, because if I make a mistake, obviously it's public um, and um, you don't want to have, you know, you prefer not to have, be criticized for, for some mistakes, um, but it happens. And so, but yeah, I am, I am my, uh, I am my worst critic and I, and I do, I am very hard on myself. And so, you know, I try to, I try if, if to, if I make some mistakes, most of the time they're not noticeable to most people, but they are to me. Um, I try to make sure I don't make those same mistakes again. So. Well, I mean, I definitely want to say, I mean, it's not easy making um, 20 win seasons actually fun. <laughs> so we definitely appreciate you know, you the last few years and all the years, because I've been listening to you since you first started on the radio. So I definitely appreciate it. I appreciate you coming back on the show again, taking out the time. It's always a blast having you on, and we would definitely have you back on. Uh, at some point, probably in offseason, because I know once the season starts, you're going and coming. So you don't really have a lot of time, but we appreciate you coming on the show, and you definitely one of the best, if not the best, broadcasters out there. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, hat tip again to, to both you guys. You do an incredible job um covering the team um and uh and and supporting the organization and um but yeah i appreciate it anytime happy to be on and uh again we'll keep our fingers crossed and uh hopefully um you know uh this season goes as i as as we hope it will in terms of a significant step forward um and continued uh optimism uh for the future so uh, they got a good group here should be a fun team uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of check out a little bit once our season ends, whenever the season ends, cause you just kind of live this for six months. Mm -hmm. Once the finals come around and especially once the finals are over, I'm honestly, I'm ready to get back at it. And then the rest of the summer tends to drag on, especially when you hit August and summer league yes. is over and the months of August and September just seem to take, um, forever. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm ready to get back to work. The Rockets have already re released their, their preseason schedule. So, um, you know, looking forward to that. And ultimately the, the regular season schedule when it comes out to, to see, um, you know, we've had, I will say this, <clears throat> with the team being bad the last three seasons, we've had a chance to work all 82, uh, especially since yeah. you work the TV. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll have a chance that we won't have too many national uh, TV exclusives because I love what I do. And uh, if I can work every game, um, that's what I want to do. So I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. Again, thank you for coming on. We we definitely appreciate it. Um, Vader, my co-host, as usual, I appreciate it. 
Oh, you know, this is uh, always a pleasure to get on here and talk about my favorite basketball team and the sport I love. And then having Craig Ackerman on, shoot, like, <laughs> I wish we could do longer, but I know nobody's going to watch two hours. Of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I could probably talk for two hours. So, uh, yeah, we probably could keep going here. But, uh, but no, I thank you for having me on. As always, I appreciate it. Absolutely, for sure. And we appreciate everybody that joins us every week. That checks us out on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your audio podcast. Of course, always checking us out on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the channel because we're going to have a lot more great shows coming up this offseason. We appreciate everybody that joins us every single week. And make sure you check out the next episode of Rock and Fuel Podcast. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.